podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL roundtable feed. So just search EPL roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two for the podcast on Friday, the 14th of April. Hope you're all having a nice week. Hope your weekend plans are set. You don't have anything too stressful ahead. Uh, last night in the Europa League, Manchester United made things more stressful than they needed to be, but we'll get to them. Feyenoord won Roman nil. Mats Weifer with the only goal of the game, giving Feyenoord the lead heading into that second leg in Rome next week. I still think Roma will come through. I think they missed a couple of chances last night that they'll regret. The blow for them was that Dybala picked up an injury, so we'll have to wait and see how long he's going to be out for. But I do fancy Roma 
to come through out of that tie. Uh, Juventus won Sporting nil. Federico Gatti with the only goal of the game. Sporting outplayed Juve, controlled Juve, and I think they will win the second leg. They'll have Ugarik back. That'll give them more energy and aggression in midfield. And I do fancy Sporting to go through. But Juve have been written off time and again in this competition, including by me. And yet they continue to find ways to win games. They found a way to win a game last night where at home they were outplayed. Uh, One worrying moment in the game last night was when Wojciech Szczesny um, had to request to be taken off with pains in his chest. So hopefully that's nothing too serious and he's okay. Uh, It didn't look great. He walked off under his own power, which was a promising sign. But we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Hopefully, hopefully he's okay and it's nothing serious. Uh, Leverkusen won. Union St. Gelos won. Uh, Victor Boniface scored for Union to put them one up on 58 minutes. Florian Verts equalised on 82 minutes. Leverkusen should have won this game comfortably, I felt. They had more of the ball, more of the chances. They just didn't put them away. They didn't get that final ball quite right on a number of occasions. So we'll see. I still fancy them to come through. But St. Gelos are not to be written off. They're a, they're a pretty good team. Finally then, Manchester United 2, Sevilla 2. So Sabitzer scores on 14 and on 21. United dominate the first half. They start well in the second half. Anthony hits the the kind of the joint of the crossbar and the post. They look firmly in control. Then they start to pick up a couple of injuries. Varane gets hurt. He has to go off. Harry Maguire is on. It's a simple ball played from kind of the left half space into the right channel. Terrell Malasia should deal with it really easily. Let's the ball bounce across his body for some reason. Jesus Navas gets round him, just tries to play it back into the box. It's not going anywhere, really. It hits Malasia, it hits De Gea, and it goes in. Own goal, 2-1, game on. Within 90 seconds, Lisandro Martinez is being carried off the field by two Sevilla players who are his Argentine teammates. Having gone down in a crumpled heap with nobody around him, he turned on the ball and it seemed like something popped. Now, initial fears were that it was his Achilles. It seems like it's probably more something in his foot. So he may well have a broken bone in his foot. Off he goes. United have to finish the game with 10 men because they've already made their substitutions. 92 minutes, simple cross into the box. And Naziri rises highest. He's not heading it at goal. He's heading it back across for one of his teammates. It hits Slabhead clean in the face and buries itself in the back of the net. If Maguire had tried to do that at the other end of the pitch, it would have been a great goal. Instead, it's an embarrassing own goal for Harry Maguire and it's a 2-2 draw. And despite their dominance, United now have to go to Seville. And I would say it's advantage Seville because if we're being honest here, Without Ferran, most likely for next week, without Rashford, 
without Martinez, without Shaw, without Ericsson, United are going to be bare bones. Now, I did think Anthony Martial played really well last night. Like, really, really well. As good as he's played in quite a while. His link-up play was good. His dribbling was is always good. It was good last night. He looked sharp. He looked hungry. He got tired because he has played so little football. And when he went off, United just didn't look the same team. I thought Ten Hag made mistakes in some of the substitutions because I think he thought was game over, things were comfortable. I think he might live to regret that. It should be an interesting second leg. It should be a really interesting second leg. That one's well balanced. They're all really well balanced. Thankfully, there was nobody got a hiding last night, so all four of them games will be intense next week. In the Europa Conference League, uh, Ghent won, West Ham won. Danny Ings scored just before half time to put West Ham up. Hugo Kuipers scored on 56 to equalise. Ghent battered West Ham. Outplayed them and battered them. 20 shots to four. Just didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they got themselves. Uh, The BBC described it as West Ham digging deep to secure a draw. Well, they went one up and then gave it away. And, you know, you can describe something as digging deep if it's an upset, if if you're a smaller team going to a bigger team and, you know, finding a way to get a draw. Ghent are fourth in the Belgian Pro League, 16 points off top. This isn't a great team by any stretch. But they looked really good against West Ham. Um, Basel 2, Nice 2. Amdoni put Basel 1 up. Terra Moffi equalised. Moffi then put Nice 2 1 up. And Amdoni equalised in the second half to send this one to a second leg that will be really well balanced. Um, I would have to raise questions over the decision by Nice's manager, Didier Degard, to play Kefren Turam as a left winger. That was one of the stranger things I've seen any manager do in quite a while. Uh, Didier Degard, obviously, Middlesbrough legend, having spent three years there, well, two years there, he was out on loan for a year, um, back in the late 2000s. Um very, very strange decision. If anyone can explain why he decided to play Kefren Turam as a left winger, I would be very interested to know. But that one should be a good game next week as well. Uh, Lech Poznan won Fiorentina 4. I told you Fiorentina were fun and good going forward and in great form. Cabral scored on four minutes. Velde equalised for Poznan. Nicolas Gonzalez put Fiorentina 2-1 up. Bonaventura scored on 58 to make it 3-1. And Jonathan Oconi scored on 63 to make it 4-1. And that should be game, set and match. That should be Fiorentina through to the semi-finals. And right now, they look the team to beat in this competition. They look the most impressive team in this competition by a considerable margin. Uh, in the last game then, Anderlecht 2, Alkmaar 0. 
Uh, Murillo scored the first and Ashimiro scored the second to give uh, Anderlecht a good lead. Now, going to Alkmaar, Alkmaar had the home advantage in the second leg. Arun with a fighting chance, but that is a pretty commanding lead for Anderlecht, who, like, like I said yesterday, there's just, despite the fact that they're not very good in the league, they do have talented players and they do play good football. So as things stand, what we know is that the semi-finals would pitch Fiorentina most likely against the winner of Basel and Nice, and then the winner of Ghent or West Ham against Anderlecht or AZ. So West Ham did get the favourable draw here. They avoided Fiorentina until the final. We'll see if they can hold up their end of it this year. But for now, that's kind of the final I'd look at is is West Ham against Fiorentina. I think that's the most likely outcome for the final. Uh, for the Europa League this year, um, with, with all four games being so tight, there's just no way to really know who's going to come through. Um, guys asking, why are so many Belgian teams? It's a good question. Like we've got, We've got three Belgian teams in the last eight, so the last 16 of these two competitions, which is really impressive, really, really impressive. Um, In the Europa League, um, um, I think Sporting will go through. I still think, I still think United should go through, but with the injuries and with Sevilla coming back last night, they might find themselves out. The other side is is more fun to me. I think Leverkusen are, are going to be really interesting. Leverkusen Roma is what I expect in the other semi final, and that's a big test then for Alonso. If if Alonso could win the Europa League in his first season, having you know been appointed sort of a quarter of the way into the season, that would be an unbelievable achievement. Good games last night, good games to come next week, two good competitions. Don't know if you'd enjoy being in them, just given the the nature of them. But yeah, they're, they're fun to watch from the outside. Uh, let's move on then and do the news and the gossip before we take a break. Eric Ten Hag has said that Lissandro Martinez's injury does not look great. He did say it's not an Achilles tendon injury, which is which is positive, but we might not see him again this season. Like if that's a broken foot, broken metatarsal, we're not seeing him again this season. Uh, which is a blow for United. Now he's look, he's hugely overrated because he's not he's not the defender they make him out to be. He was 0 of two again last night in his aerial duels. Since the World Cup break, he's won 21 of 50 aerial duels. Now, 50 aerial duels across that period of time um, is exceptionally low for a central defender. You look at the top centre-backs, they're contesting you know, four to five aerial duels uh, a game, whereas Martinez in 22 games is only at 50. And he has a lot of games where he doesn't contest any. 
a 42% win rate over that time is is really, really poor. Really, really poor for anybody. I don't care. It He's not good enough in the air. He's not big enough. And teams are going to target him more and more next season. I think United are going to have a problem with him. But the bigger point here is that at least it's not as Achilles as Torn. Uh, moving on. Newcastle boss Eddie Howe has no issue with Anthony Gordon's angry reaction to being substituted. Gordon had a bit of a tantrum when he was subbed off at halftime last week uh, against Brentford. He had stanked the place out in the first half and was rightly removed um, and then just had himself a bit of a tantrum probably because he was frustrated. But Eddie Howe says he doesn't mind because at least he's showing passion for the club, which is fair. Uh, an ugly story coming from MLS. Dante Vanzier, the New York Red Bulls forward, has been given a six-game ban for making a racist remark in Saturday's game against San Jose Earthquake. Earthquakes. Uh, the game was stopped for 15 minutes after the confrontation. Um, the player has apologized and said he would step away from the club until further notice to avoid distractions. Uh, Van Zier is a is a Belgian forward, twenty four years of age. What he said hasn't been made public, and probably shouldn't be made public because we don't need more of that, um, that kind of language in the in the ether. But eh, certainly concerning that we're still seeing these type of issues and incidents. Thomas Tuchel has said that Mane's alleged punch on Leroy Sane is a heavy incident and that the club do not tolerate it. Mane has been suspended for this weekend's game uh, by the club and it's the right decision. Look, Sadio isn't that type of person. He has apologised. He's a very good player, but he's a very passionate player, but he generally tends to be able to rein it in. And we haven't seen him react like this before. So I don't know what Leroy Sané said to him. Mane said it was whatever Sané had said to him that sparked the reaction. Um, it, it can't have been something nice for Mane to react that way. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool boss compares Jude Bellingham talk with child asking for a Ferrari. Uh, this is just absolute tripe. This is just tripe. We cannot have six players in a summer, everyone for 100 million. Nobody's asking for that. Nobody is asking for that. We are not children. When you ask a five-year-old what they want for Christmas and they say a Ferrari, you wouldn't say, oh, that's a good idea. You would say, no, that is too expensive anyway. You cannot, and, and anyway, you cannot drive it. This is such shit. It's such shit from Klopp. No one's asking for six players for 100 million each. But the child that asked for the Ferrari was not the fans. It was Jurgen Klopp. He wrote off this season because of his obsession with Jude Bellingham. Absolute tripe. And then he went on to say that the uh, the decision not to ban Konstantin Hadzidakis by the FA was the FA handling the incident really well? Uh, so the player, or the, the the player gets elbowed in the face, and the linesman gets 
basically a one-game ban. Mitrovic grabbed a guy by the arm and got eight games. This guy elbowed a player in the face and gets one. That's an absolute shocker. The FA have had an absolute shocker here. If that had happened to a United player under Ferguson, criminal charges would have been brought. A stream of doctors would have been brought out to tell us all how badly injured the player was. We wouldn't have seen the player for 18 months. We'd have had medical reports. We'd have had dental reports saying that his teeth had been all messed up. Klopp just sits there and takes it like a dummy. Uh, Let's do the gossip for today. Bayern Munich are interested in signing Harry Kane, but Manchester United are favourites. Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester United are all interested in Alexis McAllister. He doesn't fit at Chelsea in the current makeup of things, but him and Enzo obviously were great together uh, for the Argentine national team. Enzo playing largely a central role and Alexis playing largely off the left. I don't know what way you would work at a Chelsea given the other players they have there. I could see him at United next to Casemiro. I could see him at Liverpool rotating with Thiago. At United, he'd rotate with Ericsson. I think City's the best fit for him, replacing Gundogan. Real Madrid are ready to make a new bid to sign Reese James if Chelsea are forced to sell players this summer. Reese James will not be one of the players that they sell. In fact, I would say he would be probably the last player that they'd sell. Being honest, I think he's the next captain of that club. Not that I think he is a leader, but I think he is the next captain of that club. I think they will make a commitment to keep him for his whole career. Unless he pushes to go at some point. Former Bayern Munich Munich boss Julian Nagelsmann has been invited to meet Chelsea's board as the club continued to search for a new manager. Uh, Ex-Spain boss Luis Enrique has already held talks. Barcelona expect Chelsea to make another attempt to sign Rafinha this summer. Uh, I mean, Moody, they did sign Noni Mudeki. Rafinha is better. He's more ready. But I mean, how much money are you going to spend? Leeds 23-year-old French goalkeeper Ilan Melier who is a target for Chelsea, wants to leave the West Yorkshire club in the summer, even if they avoid relegation. I think that's good for Leeds. I think if they can rinse somebody out of 40 million, I think that's brilliant because I I don't think he's up to much. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nazir side are targeting Zinedine Zidane or Jose Mourinho as their next manager after the sacking of Rudy Garcia. Uh, I, I don't even know what to make of the whole situation. It's just, it's a farce. Um, Liverpool and Manchester City are among several clubs monitoring Kefran Turam. France forward Kylian Mbappe says his next career goal is to win the Champions League with PSG, despite cl- coming close to leaving the club for Real Madrid last year. Anzu Fati wants to stay at Barcelona, despite interest from Bayern Munich, Manchester United and Tottenham. 
Bayern really don't need another pacey wide player. They've got a litany of those. Uh, United don't really need another pacey wide player. But Tottenham could be interesting. Manchester City and Chelsea both sent scouts to watch Axel de Sassi last weekend. United have also been linked with him. Chelsea are confident of reaching an agreement with Mason Mount over a new contract. Fair. Crystal Palace and Ivory Coast forward Wilf Zaha turned down offers from Saudi Arabian clubs he wants to remain in Europe. He's, he's not ready to go to Saudi Arabia. He's got years left in Europe. Nottingham Forest will launch a bid for Flamengo and Brazil forward Pedro if they avoid relegation. Okay. Fulham are considering a move for 32-year-old Colombian midfielder Matthias Uribe as a replacement for Joe Polina, who is a target for Manchester United. Polina to United doesn't really make sense unless he wants to go and be a squad player. Uh, and Uribe doesn't make any sense for anybody. Colombia midfielder James Rodriguez is a free agent after agreeing to terminate his contract at Olympiacos. So you remember when Everton fans had their big cry because Rafa basically told him to you know, to get gone. Well, since he left, he joined El Rayon in Qatar on, I believe, a three-year contract. And after a year, the contract was terminated. Then he joined Olympiacos, I think on a two-year contract. And after eight months, contract terminated. Rafa was was absolutely right to get rid of James Rodriguez. For starters, he didn't care about Everton. He just didn't care. He went on holiday rather than sticking around for the last game of the season. So tells you all you need to know. Uh, English midfielder Adam Forshaw will leave Leeds this summer. That's a good a good move for everybody. He's not a Premier League caliber player, and uh, he should go to the Championship and play regularly. Um, Right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Guy. We'll go through this weekend's 10 Premier League fixtures. And there are some very, very interesting games on the slate. So we'll see you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So we're joined by Mr. Drinkle. How are you, sir? It's the last one of these for a couple of weeks from me, Dave. It is indeed. So there is... a. Uh... There's a possibility that these podcasts could be an absolute mess for the next couple of weeks because Guy will not be here. Uh, Guy is heading away to Mexico. So uh, I'm going to be left to my own devices. So apologies in advance, but uh, I'll make the best I can of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, abandoning me for the running, Guy. That's that's just tell your mate who's getting married, that he needs to be a bit more considerate of my podcast in the future when booking his wedding. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's a disgrace. Right, what have we got this weekend? Uh, football. Um, we have first a Saturday game to kick us off, as usual. No Friday game, unfortunately. Um, this should be, <clears throat> excuse me, this should be a good one, Dave. I mean, if this was earlier on in the season, it'd be almost just a very easy game for Newcastle. But we said last week, I think we worked out Villa would be a comfortable top four team if, if Emery's form started at the start of the season. Um, but it is Villa against Newcastle at Villa Park. Um, Villa have something to play for, obviously, now. 
with them sat in. Good Lord, they are sixth, Dave. How has that happened? Um, so Villa now looking very strong. Possible favourites, question mark, to get into the Europa something? Mm. Yeah, Villa look really good at the moment. Villa have won four in a row. They've won six of seven. They're unbeaten in those seven. They've been really good under Unai Emery. Um, there's just no way around it. They've won 11 of his 16 games in charge in the Premier League. I believe it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 11, 11 wins, four defeats, two draws. That is 33 points from 17 games, just under two points per game. Uh, if we look at the Premier League table, they would be likely level with Newcastle and Manchester United, who are averaging just under two points a game. They'd be right in the mix for a top four finish. Um, they've been improved defensively. Now they obviously they fell apart against Leicester and fell apart against Arsenal because when you've got you know Tyron Mings and people like that, you're going to have the odd game where your defense is just poor. But to their credit, since that three game losing run where they lost to Leeds, City, uh, sorry Leicester, City, and Arsenal, which by the way Leicester's the only bad result there, losing to City and losing to Arsenal aren't bad results. Um, they've only conceded two goals in their last seven games. One to West Ham, which was a penalty, and one to Leicester, which was Harvey Barnes. They've been hugely improved. Um, Bubakar Kamara being back is such a big deal. Having him sitting in front of that defence, he's been outstanding when he's been available this season. Now, obviously, at the moment, he's out again, which is a blow for them. And I think that's one of the reasons I kind of fancy Newcastle going into this game, Villa have no Maddie Cash, no Kamara, no Leon Bailey, who'd been in decent form. Uh, but Bertrand Traore has come back from his loan in the first half of the season and decided that he's going to be the best player in the world. Um, as he should. As he should, absolutely. He doesn't know what he's doing with the ball, so how can anyone else know what he's going to exactly. do? The unpredictability factor. Uh, no Coutinho, no Jed Steer either. For the tune, no St. Maximum, which is a blow. Almiron, they're hoping he's back. Ryan Fraser's training with the 21s, and Emil Kraft is out for the season. So St. Maximum is the only one that's a blow, um, assuming Almiron is okay to go. So I do fancy Newcastle to get something in this game. Um, it's an early kickoff, though, and that those are always a little bit weird. They're always a little bit tricky for the team that travels for those early kickoffs, or maybe that's just a Liverpool thing. I was going to say, I think that's just a Liverpool. Maybe thing. that's just a Liverpool <laughs> under Jurgen Klopp thing. We must travel like an hour before kickoff. I reckon <laughs> so. He's literally off the bus, you know, already in the kit, and just straight out and play. We, no warm up, none of that nonsense. We've either got the lads living in a hotel for five days, or they literally just turn up off the bus straight yeah, from Liverpool. That's it. It's it's the most bizarre thing. Um. Third v sixth, two of the most informed teams in the league. City, uh, like I say, Villa have won six of seven. Newcastle are in tremendous form. They've won five in a row since losing to City. I'm going to go for the draw. 
And I think this could be a decent game. I'll go 2-2. Yeah, it should be a fun one. And if if Villa can pick up a win there, I mean, how far can they go, really? I'm sure we'll get on to one beginning of the games. But you mentioned United injury problems in their game and Tottenham, just a big question mark. Um, but we'll come on to that as we get to them two teams. Um, another team fighting for European spots, and I'm not on about Chelsea in this one, it is Chelsea against Brighton, Dave. Um, Brighton, I mean, they're still in fine form for Brighton. Obviously, disappointing loss to Tottenham last week, mm. especially the way I'm sure the referee... Robbed. Yeah. They were yes, robbed. They were, they were robbed. <laughs> yes. They were robbed by so, really, really, really subpar officiating for which the referees should not see another Premier League field anytime soon. Yes, there should be a point behind Spurs right now and right in the mix for a top four spot, whereas now they sit seventh uh, behind Villa, as we just said, whereas Chelsea, God, I have to scroll, um, 11th at the minute, Dave, um, a mix of wins, one win, two draws and two losses in the last five. Obviously, Frank Lampard now in charge, did not change a thing against Wolves, other than Wolves actually scoring a goal in a game, mm. which is a rarity, and what a goal that was, to be fair. Um, but this game, I, I mean, Brighton are just the better coach team, the more cohesive team. But you just don't know. Chelsea, just one day they might just click, but I just, I don't think it'll be this game. No, neither do I. Neither do I. Um, the, Chelsea look really poor against Wolves. They look really poor against Real. Lampard is a PE teacher, and that's all we need to say about him. No Brohia, he's done for the season, obviously. Carney Chukwemek is out with a knock and uh, Kaladu Koulibaly is out for a couple of weeks, which is a blow because he'd finally started to look like he was finding his form. Uh, now, mm. obviously, it, it's coincided with Thiago Silva coming back, so at least they do have one experienced voice. The Cucurella as a centre-back nonsense needs to stop. Well, Frank it, kept that going as well. It, it's just, it's okay. terrible. It just doesn't work. Play Baddy Ashile and Fafana as your wide centre-backs and just don't do anything else. Has he kept the back three as well? Well, if we look at the Real game, um, he, I think he played a back four. So no, he came he, in a chase. He, he played a back three. He played <laughs> a back three. He played Koulibaly as the left side of a three. Oh, no. And when he went off, I think he brought on Chalaba. Um, no, he didn't. He brought on Cucurella, didn't he? Let me just check. Well, Baddy, I think Baddy Shield is not in the Champions League squad, isn't he? No, so, no, he's not. Um, yeah. Who did he bring on? Yeah, because he brought Chalaba on for Jeff Felix. So he brought Cucurella on for... Um, well, they went down to Valley. 10 men. And then two, three minutes later, yeah, Ben Chilwell got sent off. So at least... They had a left back on the pitch, but Frank, let's be fair, Frank doesn't know what he's doing. He's the guy isn't a manager. He's there for vibes and he's there for his name. Um he did play a back four last weekend against mm. Wolves, and it just it it worked a bit better than what we were seeing with the back three, but I don't know why he went away for it. See, the thing is, if Silva's gonna play, it has to be a three. Because he gets exposed in a four. He's too slow. The ball in behind them is too easy. So for Silva, they have to play a three. That's why Thomas Tuchel played a three. Tuchel was very open about it to protect Thiago Silva. It's the same mm-hmm. reason when he was at PSG, he played Carrera as a right back and Marquinhos as a defensive midfielder, all to protect Thiago Silva. 
I can only assume Thiago Silva is really toxic behind the scenes and causes trouble if he's not on the team. But I feel like Lampard would have went with Koulibaly and Silva in a back two. Obviously. Oh, that would be that would be very would have, yeah, very frank. He did love he did love Connor Cody and Tarkovsky together. So you know, um, the slow centre backs are are absolutely his bag. Brighton have no Lalana. Levi Colwell can't play because obviously he's a Chelsea-owned player. Uh, Jakob Motor, they're hopeful he could be back in the next couple of weeks. Sarmiento is out and Lamptey is out. So they've got some injury issues, but Colwell is the only one that's a starter. And they've got Adam Webster to step in. So they're okay there. Mm-hmm. Brighton are the better team. Chelsea is the better players, but Brighton are the better team. Brighton have a much better manager. Now, Brighton's form has been a little bit spotty. Two wins, two draws, and a defeat. But like you said, Chelsea's has been poor. And Chelsea's has been poor all season. I think Brighton go to the bridge and win. I think they will. I think Brighton will go to the bridge and win. I think Matoma against Reese James is problematic for Reese James. I think Caicedo, McAllister, and Gross, because they're a cohesive unit, will... will play their way around the Chelsea midfield. I don't think Kante is going to start this game because he started back-to-back games. Oh, he didn't no, he, he, had, he had the weekend off, didn't he? Because I, I remember all the off. Liverpool fans saying, well, he hates us. Yeah, he had the Wolves game off. He yes. came back in for the uh, for the Real game. But they're going to need him again in midweek for the Real game. So, you know... I mean, they're, find- not, they're, not, they're not getting back in. They're not getting past Real, but they think they were. They they they'll, they'll have they have to think they will. They have to think they will. They have to work under the the oh, expectations they can beat fair. them. That is fair. So I don't I don't think Kante will play, which means probably Conor Gallagher, who's just not up to scratch. Um, I'm going to go two one Brighton. Yeah, it should be an interesting game either way. Um, moving on, then we have Everton against Fulham. We know Everton are a much better team at home, and we also know that Fulham are on the beach. Um, I'd say anything other than a win for Everton may be a missed opportunity, but mm. Fulham may turn it on. It, it, it's weird with teams on the beach because sometimes they just get up for a game, don't they? But Everton, I think if if they don't win this, I think it'd be either two or three points dropped in, in, in many people's eyes, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Now, the issue for Everton is Decore is still out. Calvert-Lewin has obviously been injured and might come back for the bench, but we'll see. Uh, Vinegra is out. Seamus Coleman is out. He's been playing quite well for them. But like you said, Fulham are on the beach. They've got no Mitrovic. They're safe. They don't need to do anything else. I think Fulham probably end up... Like It wouldn't surprise me if Palace or Wolves or somebody like that or West Ham overtake Fulham in the final table. Mm. Um, because I, you know, I could see Fulham going on a on a bit of a bad run. Why didn't you um, say Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they, in in seasons previous, this is where we've seen. I know it was probably Scott Parker and whoever the hell was before Scott Parker. Right, this yeah. is where we saw Harvey, Harvey Elliott and Fabio Carvalho come into the team and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, get some of the younger players in. Mm-hmm. And they've got a couple. They've got a couple there. They have a young striker who's meant to be red hot or something, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Let me just pull up their academy. Uh, They do have a young forward player that they're very high on. There's a midfielder as well, a Welsh kid that they're 
uh, that they're very excited by the the Ford player. Is it is it Martial Godo? I think it might be Luke Harris is definitely the midfielder. Um, he's eighteen. He's from Jersey. He's definitely the midfielder that they're very excited about. He's already made uh, three first team appearances in the Premier League this season, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see a lot more of him between now and the end of the season. And I think he'll he'll look to stake a claim to be heavily involved next year because mm. they don't want another Elliot Carvalho situation where the player runs down his contract and, mm-hmm. and leaves on a tribunal fee. And it's a strange thing for Fulham because they've produced some good young players in recent years and never gotten the benefit of them, really. I mean, they, they got four and a half million for Elliot, I think five million for Carvalho. They got a good fee for Sessegnon. Um, but they need to be ensuring that they can keep these players that they're putting a lot of effort into developing. Um, now, Harris actually has a contract of 2026. He actually, I, don't, I missed this last month, he signed a contract extension last last month till 2026 with an option for 2027. So they at least have him locked in. Um, but yeah, very, very talented player who I expect to see play quite a bit between now and the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, Everton have to win this game. Everton's home games are must-win moving forward. They get Fulham at home. They get Bournemouth at home. They have to win those two. The other two home games are Newcastle and City, which are going to be really tough, but they've got to try and take something from them because they've been just awful in recent months when they go on the road. They did get a draw away to Chelsea, which was a good result, but they they just didn't turn up at Brentford, got walloped by Arsenal. Just not good enough away from home, do you know? Um, I think they've got to win this one. I think they've got to win. They've they've got four games against teams in the, five games against teams in the relegation mess with them. I think they've got to try and win three of them. Fulham and Bournemouth have to be two of them. And then you try and win one of Palace, Leicester, or Wolves away. And that will get you close to being safe. You probably need another couple of points, but that will get you close to being safe. So this is a huge game for Everton. I'm going to back Everton to win. I think it's going to be an ugly game of football, if I'm honest. I think oh, Everton okay. needed to be an ugly game of football. So I'll go I'll go to I'll go one nil to Everton. Didn't realise there was seventeenth, but Changes every time I open this page. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. <clears throat> now, Dave, Southampton against Crystal Palace. Crystal mm. Palace have scored eight goals in three games. Yeah. I don't... Is, is Roy... Con- I know one of them. I think one of them was Vieira, actually. And contractually, isn't that just room for termination of Roy Hodgson's contract? Well, it's, 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 it, he'll have to balance it out, you see, because Roy is all about... His algorithm. So you only, you're, you're only allowed to score a certain amount of goals across the Premier League season when you're Roy Hodgson. Um, going into this game, Palace have no Zaha, no Gaeta, which is a blow, no Nathan Ferguson, who's been out for about four years, four years at this point. Mm. Uh, they're hopeful Eduard is back, so that, that would be a plus. And uh, Christopher Richards is back in training, so that could be a, a bump for them as well, just to have him back in the squad. 
Southampton, no Livermento still. Che Adams is working his way back, but won't be ready. Same thing goes for Salisu. Romeo Lavi is out, which is a blow. And Larius. Southampton need to win this game because they're bottom. They're now four points from safety. And, well, to be fair, five points from safety because Everton have a better goal difference than them. Southampton have to win this game. Yeah, like, that's the thing. They've got Arsenal next week. After that, they get Bournemouth in what's a, a massive relegation scrap. Then they've got Newcastle. Then Forest. Then Fulham, which should be a win. But then Brighton and Liverpool to end the season. Like, Saints need to win this game. They need to win this game, the Bournemouth game, the Forest game, and the Fulham game. Because I think they're losing the other four. And if they win those four, that will get them to 35 points, which isn't going to be enough, I don't think, to stay up. It It could be, but... It could be, but you'd need other teams to to be similarly crap. Now, they've been crap... Which is very possible. (laughs) It is. They've They've been crap all season. But when you look at Bournemouth, they've won three of their last five. Leeds have won two of their last five. West Ham have won two of their last five. Wolves have won two of five. Palace have won two of five. It's only Southampton, Leicester and Forest who've been winless in the last five. Everton won one of five, but also got three draws in those five games. Mm. They did pick up six points. Saints have to win this game. I'm going to back them to win the game, but I think Lavi is a massive blow. I'll say 2-1 to Southampton. If they lose, they're down. Yes. If they lose, and let's say Everton win, and let's say Forest win, then they're going to be six, six points behind Leeds before Leeds play Liverpool. Yes. So I think that's probably a bridge too far. So, um, and Leeds, Leeds would be third from bottom at that point. They wouldn't be fourth from bottom. So they'd be six points off the team, third from bottom. Um, and seven points off safety. And depending on the goal difference, you might, might as well say eight points off safety. I think it's, it's winner, win or just, you know, get ready for relegation. Mm-hmm. And if Palace win their safe, basically, though. Yeah, they, if they're Palace probably win, safe anyway, but yeah. I think Palace are going to be fine. Yeah. But yeah, if Palace win this one, that's 36 points. They got Everton at home next week, that's 39 points. Go to Wolves, get a draw, 40, and you've still got... Then Roy can Wolves. leave. <laughs> but then, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Head on, Roy. We'll, we'll look for a new manager now. But then you've, got, you've still got Bournemouth, Fulham, and Palace as the last three. Or sorry, Fulham, uh, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Forest as the last three. So for Palace, the run-in is very straightforward. They also face West Ham. Mm-hmm. But the only good team they're going to play between now and the end of the season is Spurs, who aren't particularly good. I was going to say, there's a key word there. <laughs> you know, like they, they, the, the fixtures have worked out really, really well for Palace in terms of what they are saying the relegation even if they're if they're not involved in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> They've actually probably got the biggest mm-hmm. role in this relegation uh relegation battle. They play the team bottom. They play the team third from bottom. 
they play the team fourth from bottom, the team fifth from bottom, and if I'm not mistaken, West Ham are seventh from bottom. The only team in the bottom, the only team they don't play is Leicester. Oh, and Leeds, who they just battered. So in the last nine games, the only team they didn't play was Leeds. It was Leicester, but who did they play before Leeds? Leicester. So in actual truth, their last 10 games were very, very favourable. Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Everton, Wolves, West Ham, Spurs, Bournemouth, Fulham and Palace. So they play all the other eight teams plus Fulham who are on the beach and Spurs. That's their run-in. That worked out really well. And it would draw into question whether it was the right decision to remove Vieira because he probably could have gotten them to the end of the season and kept them up with that run. But a change was probably going to be needed anyway, so you might as well make it now, and at least it, it gives you some time to... It'll to probably depend who the higher in the summer. Yeah, but that decision needs to be taken before the summer. Because yes, absolutely. Be of, yeah, there'll be a lot of clubs looking for managers. But if they just keep Roy, then you'd be like... Eh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if they keep Roy, it's it's two steps backwards. Yeah, he'll still look. He'll keep them up, but there's no fun in just staying up. You might as well go down and have a bit of fun at the championship as just existing thirteenth or fourteenth every year. Very true. <clears throat> um, next up, then we have Spurs against Bournemouth. All logic says Spurs will win this game, mm. but Spurs don't do logical things. No, and I neither- feel like Bournemouth will win. This this league isn't logical this season either. Uh, Bournemouth are hopeful that Sinisi is back. They're hopeful that Hamad Traore is back. So it's only Ryan Fredericks and Junior Stanislas who are out. So, you know, no real loss there. Spurs, no Emerson Royale, no Lucas Moura, no Cessnion, no Davies, no Basuma, no Bentoncourt. It's a lot of players to be without. I don't want to spend any time on this one. Spurs should win. I'm going to pick Spurs to win. If Spurs don't win, they should all be ashamed of themselves because Bournemouth are awful. I know they're in better form recently, three wins out of five. I still think they'll go down. Spurs have to win this game. They have to stay in touch with United and Newcastle. I'm going to go for the Spurs win. I'll go 3-1. Yeah, if Bournemouth do get a win, though, that could be literally one game away from safety, but we have not... Uh, digress. Wolves-Brentford, where are Wolves? Again, probably a win and a draw away from safety themselves. Um, obviously, big win last weekend with the worldie from Nunes. It was spectacular goal. Um, whereas Brentford, I can't remember what their game was last week. Oh, they lost to Newcastle in that mad game, didn't they, where Tony missed a penalty. Um, wouldn't say they're on the beach as much as Fulham, but they have done their thing for the season. Maybe they could still sneak into Europe or the Conference League, which I don't know why I don't count that as Europe. <laughs> um, but they have done what they need to do, Dave. They've avoided the second season curse um, mm. massively, to be fair to them. Um, now it's just about trying to keep in the top half of the table and see what happens with the other teams in the European chairs, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they've got the four-point gap on on Chelsea, who are 11th. So I think they would like to finish in the top half. And I think finishing above Chelsea would be a huge accomplishment. If they could be the, the top team from West London, yeah. ahead of Fulham, ahead of Chelsea, I think that would be a huge accomplishment for them. Um, I don't think they'll get Europe because I think Liverpool, Brighton, 
Villa and whichever one of Newcastle, United and Spurs doesn't get Champions League. I think those four are all better positioned to get Europa League and Conference League. Um, I think it's three spots between those competitions. So right now, Liverpool would miss out. It would oh, be no. Tottenham and Villa in the Europa League and Brighton in the Conference League. Um, I think it so depends I, who wins the FA Cup as well. Yeah, if Brighton win the FA Cup... It depends where they fit. But say if one of the championship teams win the, wins the FA Cup, I think it would just be them fifth and sixth who get the... Yes, split? I think that's right. I think that's right. If Brighton win it... Brighton just get the spot. There's not another spot. Yes. If United or City win it, it goes to sixth, gets the Europa League spot. If one of the championship teams win it, or the championship team, which is Sheffield United, um, it means there's no second Europa League spot for the Premier League. And Villa would go into the Conference League and Brighton would miss out entirely. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Europe's a step too far for Brentford at this point. But I still think they'll play for pride. I still think there's a couple of players there that you know want to prove a point. But Wolves need the points. They just need the points. And at home, I think they'll. I think they'll get the points. Uh, Brentford have no Janssen, no Lewis Potter, no Ayer, and no Onyeka. Um, Wolves, no Sasa, no Chiquinho. That's fine. Uh, Neves is out for the second game of his, his suspension, but they played well without him last week. Uh, Johnny Otto's ruled out. Nunes should be okay, and they're hopeful that Bubakar Traore will be okay. I'm going to go for the Wolves win. I'll go. I'll go one nil to Wolves. Yeah, I don't think that'd be the most fun game. To be fair, um, this one historically has been quite fun and a bit mad at times, but I just. It does just smell of Man City tonking Leicester. Um, at the Etihad, Dean Smith as Leicester manager. I mm. don't think anyone's put a 5,000 to 1 bet on that. And that's what Leicester people do. Time traveling yeah. Leicester people do. Um, it's a weird appointment. It's a very weird club at the minute. And Man City, um, coming off that massive result in midweek. Maybe that, do they have to rotate now? Because, Maybe you take this one seriously. I mean, I think saying... they, I think they go full strength in this one and, and rest a few for Bayern yeah. because they've got that three nil advantage and they they can bring those players off the bench against Bayern if need be. I think City want to win the league, so I think they'll go full strength here. And Leicester, no James Justin, no Ricardo Pereira, Harvey Barnes is a major doubt. Dewsbury Hall, I think, is suspended. I think he's suspended. Like, he got well. didn't he get sent off like in the last minute or didn't he give away the goal or something? He got sent off. He was about to be substituted and he got sent off. Was that last game or the game before? Was that no, it was the game before. So he should be back actually. He got sent off against Villa. Um so he missed the Bournemouth game. So he should actually be back, which is a, a plus for them, because he's a good player. Um Telemans is available. Ryan Bertrand, just, I don't think he's played all season. The only person City are missing is Phil Foden. And they're expecting him back next week. So And he's not yeah. even been a starter this season. So no. whether you agree with the decision, but he hasn't. It's, he hasn't been an every game starter at all. So yeah, they City are in great shape. I mean, they're they've got one injury and it's a guy who had his appendix out. It's not an injury, it's it was an illness thing. Everyone else has at least three. 
So City are in great shape here um, as they chase the, the treble. I think City wallop them. I think they'll wallop them. I'll go 5 0. Leicester are an abomination defensively. They look lost, and Dean Smith just isn't isn't the right manager. I think Leicester. I think Leicester, Southampton, and Bournemouth. Right now, if I had to pick, they're the three teams I'd pick to go down. I, I just think Leicester. I think Rogers did such a bad job. Mm-hmm. I think the defense is such an absolute train wreck, and I don't think. I don't think they're good enough in midfield right now to enable the forward players to impact the game in the right areas. Like if you look at some of the goals they've scored recently, it's a lot of long balls over the top for Barnes to chase. They're not playing through the phases the way they used to. You're not seeing Dewsbury Hall and Madison pick the ball up in midfield and look to create things. You're not seeing Yuri Tielemans just arrive into bits and pockets of space. I think they're going to get walloped this week. And if we look at their fixtures, they've got Wolves next. That's going to be tough, but it's winnable. Then they get Leeds away. Leeds are going to need to win that game. So that's going to be really tough for both sides. Then Everton come to town. You know Dice is coming for the draw. Mm. Then Fulham. Now they could be on the beach, which is fair enough. But then they get Liverpool and Newcastle back to back, which you'd expect them to lose both. And the last game will be West Ham, who might need something to stay up themselves. I think it's a really, really tough path for Leicester to stay up. Now, normally, you'd look at that and say, oh, well, they'll beat Wolves, they'll beat Everton, they'll beat West Ham, they'll pick up a draw somewhere along the way, and they'll be okay. But defensively, they're just so, so bad. And they just look like a team that has kind of given up. So It looks like a group of players who may have seen... The only way they could probably get out of Leicester is if they get relegated or something like that. Possibly. Mad- Madison's been linked with moves. Excuse me. Madison's been linked away for a couple of years now. Mm. Has never been allowed to move or been priced out of it. Barnes not so much, but Barnes will would have been him. gone. I think if not for the injury, yes. that's what kind of held him back. The one player, do you know, we we know Liverpool need an entirely new midfield. The player that actually really interests me there is Dewsbury Hall. Mm. For Liverpool, in that left-sided role, he's a natural left footer, so he creates interesting passing angles. I also think I actually think he'd be perfect for Arsenal as an upgrade on Xhaka. Mm. He's twenty-four, so he's the right age profile for Liverpool. I think he's good defensively. He's very good on the ball. He he does interest me for Liverpool if they go down. Now I wouldn't pay Premier League fee. I wouldn't pay forty million, but if you could get them for twenty five, if they go down, I would have interest in that. You know, as a as a rotation option with Thiago, and then when Thiago's ready to move on, you maybe bring in somebody else to rotate with Jisbury Hall. But he he does very much interest me. I think he technically, I think he's a very very strong player. And uh, like I said, I think if I was making decisions at Arsenal. Jacques is the clear weak link in that team. He's had a good season, but he's the worst player in the starting eleven by a considerable distance. Dewsbury Hall would make an awful lot of sense in that left-sided role. Um, yeah, I think City beat them 5-0. Yeah, I think That's I'd swap for... I'd, as well, so that'll be fun. Yes, yes. I'd, swap, I'd swap Forrest in for Bournemouth, but I do agree. I think Leicester are doomed at the minute. 
Um, but we'll come on to Forest in a sec. We have another relegation team to talk about, and that is West Ham against uh, title-challenging Arsenal, or title-leading Arsenal, I should say. Um, West Ham, I didn't watch the Ghent game because why would I? Um, Arsenal, you'd have to say disappointed against Liverpool. Because for 30 minutes, they could have tonked Liverpool, and then Jacker did a stupid Jacker thing. And Liverpool remembered they were good at football at one point and just monstered Arsenal for about 70 minutes before mm. a late flurry. That was about it, really. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and Arsenal were were blessed not to lose. Liverpool, Liverpool failed to win that game because they missed big chances. Robertson, Salah, the Salah penalty, Nunes, Canate should all have scored. Salah should have had another penalty in the last minute. Mm-hmm. They should Arsenal, have stole the game as well. Yeah, Arsenal fell apart. Once the crowd got into it, Arsenal just crumbled. Now, fortunately for them, West Ham is a is a favourable fixture. You'd expect Arsenal to win this game. And you'd expect them to win quite comfortably. Um, they've got them and Southampton back to back. But then things get more difficult. They go City, uh, uh, sorry, yeah, City, Chelsea, Newcastle, Brighton. That's their... That's where their real tough run comes. They they have to win the next two. They have to, because it gets much more difficult after that. Um, City will have played the day before, and I think they'll have won. They looked really good against Bayern. They looked really good last weekend. I think Arsenal will be looking heavily over their shoulder. Going into this game, Arsenal have no Tomiyasu, no Saliba, no Nketiah. Elneny's been out for ages. Um, Saliba and Tomiyasu both been out at the same time is is problematic because it means Rob holding. And it means they can't afford another injury at the back. If they get another injury in defence, to the right side of the defence, either white or holding, they're in major trouble. Because who do they bring in at that point? Um, West Ham's only absentee is Skamaka, who's been out for a little while now. Hmm. I, I think Arsenal will go there and win. I think West Ham could try and spoil the game a little bit. And I do think West Ham have the physicality to trouble Arsenal. The problem with West Ham is they just haven't shown up all season. This is the type of game where Declan Rice, if he wants people to believe that he is what he claims he is, which is a Champions League caliber midfielder, this is the type of game he needs to turn up in. And the team all accounts that wants him. Of leading the race for him as well. Exactly, exactly. You you want the move to Arsenal? Go put a marker down against Arsenal. The best way to impress a club is to go on and play well against them. So I think he needs a big game. I think they could do with Antonio having a big game. He's got the profile to trouble that Arsenal centre-back pairing with his pace and his power. Ings' movement, I think, will cause trouble for Rob Holding if it's him that starts. But I think Arsenal will win the game. I'll go 2-1 to the Gunners. Yeah, important game there at both ends of the table. Now, Forest against United, Dave. If Man United didn't get two two injuries to their centre-backs, I'd probably say this would just be an easy game for United. Although Chris Wood against uh, Martinez would be fun, unless Chris Wood's injured because they have a lot of Chris Wood is injured. He is injured, of course he's injured. Is Awoni injured? He's probably injured. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, He's not injured. He's big as well. Injured. So Chris Wood, Willie Bolly, Dean Henderson. Jesus. <laughs> uh, 
Julian Bianconi, Czech Coyote, Musa Niakata, and Omar Richards all out. Niakata had just come back from being out for six months, and he's injured again. Renan Lodi's a doubt. Scarpa's a doubt. Ryan Yates is a doubt. Serge Aurier is a doubt. They're just decimated. Nottingham what do they do in training? Fight each other. That's it. They must. They must have like dodgeball with a medicine club ball. or Hunger Games or something. Um, but United have a ton of injuries as well. So no Van de Beek, no Rashford, no Shaw. Well, Shaw might be back, but either way, no McTominay, no Heaton, no Martinez, no Varane, no Garnacho, and obviously no Greenwood. United's away form hasn't been great this season in the league. So if we look at their away form this season, lost to Brentford, beat Southampton, beat Leicester, lost to City, beat Everton. So you're beating the teams at the bottom of the table. Drew with Chelsea, lost to Villa, did beat Fulham, late goal by Garnacho. That was the game where Cristiano did his interview afterwards with Piers Morgan. Beat Wolves, drew with Palace, lost to Arsenal, Beat Leeds, hammered by Liverpool, absolutely mauled by Newcastle. It should have been 5 0. Their away form has been spotty, poor, I would say, poor. Although you did name a lot of bad teams. They've they've beaten the bad teams. That's the point in it. They've beaten the bad teams. And that's that's where they're going to have to hang their hat. Now, without Rashford, they do struggle for goals. They're going to need Anthony, Sancho, Bruno and Martial to really perform. And the thing for United now is because the game against Sevilla ended 2-2, now that second leg needs more attention. If they'd won 2-0, they could be like, right, we go full strength against Forrest and we rest some players against Sevilla in the second leg. But because they ended 2-2, now they've got to go full strength in the second leg or or as, as full strength as they can. So... Well, it's going to be Shaw. It'll probably be Shaw at centre back as well. So you're going to all play Malassie. You're going to rush back Shaw. If you've got, yeah, I think it's going to be Maguire and Shaw at centre back. Mm -hmm. Malassie and Juan Bissaka as the full backs. That's not a good defence. Now Casemiro back is is big. That does help. Um, His suspension is now over, so that that's a big help. But Sabitzer's in good form. Bruno's in decent form. They need that attack to perform. Forest have a lot of injuries. I, I think United will win. I think United will win. We'll go. We'll go two one to United. I think it'll be a crappy game, to be honest. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird. It's a bit of a weird Super Sunday, that to be fair. Uh, and it doesn't get too much prettier on Monday. Um, Leeds against Liverpool. I think don't Liverpool have consecutive or a few Monday night footballs coming up? I might be making stuff up here. Anyway. Um, Leeds Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool's away form. You just went for United's there. Don't go through Liverpool's. Liverpool's is appalling. Yes, let's, let, let's not. <laughs> um, so you'd have to see this as an opportunity for Leeds. I mean, Liverpool looked improved against Arsenal, but you mentioned the crowd factor there and Granite Xhaka doing silly things uh, and a referee elbowing a player in the head may have got them up a bit as well. Um that probably won't happen again, but now they've got free reign to. Um, so we might just see Fight Club from referees. Um, but Leeds, I'd probably say, coming off the back of the hammering by Crystal Palace of all teams, maybe they'll play a bit more cautiously, but at the same time, 
teams that have attacked Liverpool get 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 through to the labour. Yeah. Especially away from home. Or Liverpool away from home. Yeah, Liverpool away from home are just dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. They've lost away to a lot of bad teams this year. Um and it's not acceptable and it needs to change. And now they've got nine games left to rescue something from this season. But as I said to Karamachin on Scouted yesterday, if Liverpool win all nine games, they'll still have less points than Arsenal currently have. So, you know, it just shows where they are this season. Uh, no Ramsey, no Besetic, no Keita. Alisson and Kanate didn't train the last couple of days, but Klopp says they should be okay for Monday. Uh, Diaz is back, so that's a big plus for Liverpool. Uh, for Leeds, no Wober, no Adams. Those are two big blows. Um, Leeds have weak points in that team. Luke Ayling being one. Liam Cooper probably starts. He's another. Uh, that I think Liverpool can exploit. So I'm going to go for Liverpool win. I'm going to go 3-1 like I did on Scouted. I'm not confident about it, though. It wouldn't surprise me if Leeds win. But I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for Liverpool win 3-1. If I land in Mexico and we're 3-0 down to Leeds, I may just go home and just cry. I think that's play. probably the move. Yes. I think that's pro- either that or go to the bar and get really drunk. Or both. Um, or both, yeah, or both. Go to the bar, get your <laughs> On drink. The and home with you. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So that is our 10 games. That will do us. Uh, I will see you on Monday. Guy will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekends. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.